All right, everyone, you might recognize this guy. We're blessed to have the greatest doctor in the universe available to speak to us. And this is really cool because a lot of what we do in our sort of functional health space is biohacker, somebody that knows something about some unique product, somebody that can talk to us about mitochondrial therapy. We don't often get their perspective of right on your shirt there, MD, mm. also is deep into longevity and all of what you know really needs to happen. So you got both sides on the show. So that's why it's really awesome to have you here today. So first of all, thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me. And you can do my introduction on in any type of podium or stage, my friend. I'll take <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, we've seen each other at a lot of stages and podiums and events. And this is the really cool thing because you're, you're you as a doctor. Mm trained in what you do and go ahead and keep doing that. But you said, no, there's something more. I need to know more. And you're showing up to these events where you're not seeing a lot of other, other MDs who are like, no, I do my job. I get paid and I go home. You're like, there's more to health than that. And you've discovered it. So, and I know that started with your own personal yeah. stories. Let's dive into that. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. So seven years ago, um, well, we'll backtrack. You know, I am a conventional medical doctor trained in diagnostic and interventional radiology. So re interventional radiology is using medical imaging. That's the radiology part to perform minimally invasive surgeries. And yeah. so we know what all disease looks like in the body, but I used the imaging to perform, you know, surgeries such as closing up an artery that's bleeding, such as opening up an artery that's clogged, such as biopsying tumors and things like that really high tech medicine, uh, became a chief of interventional radiology at my hospital at the time, uh, was really chasing everything in my life told me would be, would give me success and happiness. You know, the car, the house, the, the title of chief of interventional radiology, but it was right around that time, seven years ago that I was overweight. I was diabetic. I had high blood pressure. I was on prescription medications and really the fate of me, if I were to continue on the path of traditional medicine, would just be more medicines and eventually en end up in my own operating room table. Yeah. And really at that point, I said, I can't go on life as usual. Let me figure something out. And it was really taking a leap of faith and, and, and leaving full-time medicine to start to explore. So I got into the realm of anti-aging and regenerative medicine, got board certified by the anti-aging and regenerative medicine board, learned more about longevity. And the more I, I dove in, the more I started to see some things that traditional medicine did not account for. Sure, there's a lot of the science, but when we look at where people live the longest, the people in the blue zones we found that there was a way of living life through moving all the time, not stuffing yourself with food, having a community and a deep sense of purpose actually seems to you know, give people life and longevity benefits. Mm -hmm. And what I did was I actually went back to the sciences. What about living this particular way, about sleeping, moving, you know, giving actually changes our DNA. And when I, the more I started to look at it, I started to see that there are actually epigenetic changes from how we live our life, that every single choice that we make can actually be our medicine or our poisons. And if I started to understand how I was living my life, that I was living my life uh, from a place of programs that I had and in a, from a place of chasing not being enough, mm. until I really started to understand who I was, how I was living, started to change the energetics I started to shift the messaging I was giving my DNA 
And as I was doing that, I really discovered that how we live our life, every single choice that we make is actually our medicine or our poison. In a very short period of time, I actually reversed all those chronic conditions that, uh, you know, plagues a lot of Americans today. And uh, I'm in this space now because I know that how we live our life is medicine. That's really the message. Yeah. And I mean, looking at you now, it's hard to believe that like, oh, you used to be obese. What are you talking about? You look like you should be a bikini model. You know, <laughs> it doesn't. And the proof is in the pudding where if you understand how the body works and like all this longevity medicine you learn, you can reverse time truly, which you did. Right. Yeah. And so you use the word energetics and to some people that may have been a word in passing, but there's a lot more meaning there and a lot more depth in terms of that being its own standalone science. So what is that all about? Well, if we start to understand life and the universe, everything is energy and everything is interconnected. Every form of energy you know, is received and is transmuted in our physiology and how we interact with the world. You know, if I were to give an energy and start to smile at you, we have Wi-Fi receptors as human beings that take on that energy because you could feel my smile, you could feel my anger or my, my yeah. rage. So everything is actually energy and it actually has biochemical changes in our bodies. You know, energy is both matter and wave. And all these things actually affect our biology. And so when we start to understand that, we start to understand that the DNA that we've been given isn't fixed, that the blueprint that we've been given doesn't tell us our phenotype. This DNA is constantly listening to its environment, its energetic mm -hmm. environment, and then it starts to behave. Yeah. So this is what I love is, you know, the technology that, that I know you're, you're the CEO of allows us to see that blueprint, but it doesn't lead to our phenotype. It's this blueprint plus the energetics that's created yeah. around ourselves that actually changes our ability to thrive or actually be in a stress state. And so every single thing is energy. And when I started to study the, the, where people live the longest, the seven lifestyle factors that most control the energetics of our life are sleep, nutrition, movement, our thoughts, our emotions, mm. our community, and, and the energetics of our community. And yeah. then finally, our sense of purpose, understanding that we are actually connected to something larger, that there is actually a bigger organism of humanity, and we are individual cells in it. Mm. All those things are energetics, and all those things actually equal the message you give to your DNA. Are you giving your, your DNA the signal that we are safe and thriving and then so that its own body's intelligence does its thing? Or are you giving yourselves the signal that there's some danger around? Do we need to activate the inflammatory response, lower mm. the immune system? Because look, you know, if, if we're about to be somebody's lunch, we don't need to, you know, fight against infections and cancer. We control the narrative and the energy we give to our DNA. And when we, when we can finally be conscious of that, rather than make our choices unconsciously from what a lot of people don't understand there, there's probably some old programming in our mind where, you know, when I was in attending chasing success, mm -hmm. I was in a program that was basically in survival mode, ego mode that needed other things that actually feel good. And when I was in that program, you're in a stress program. In that stress program, you increase inflammation, you lower your immune system, 
You have suboptimal cells leading to basically suboptimal systems, which give you chronic symptoms and then chronic disease. It all comes down to ener energetics, my friend. Wow. I, you know, when I hear this, I'm thinking like, I, I get like, go to the gym, eat this. There's things you can do. When it's like, stop thinking like this, stop being this. Though that's me reacting to the other stuff around me. How do you coach someone through that? And I ask you because you are a clinician, you work with patients. How do you actually get someone to turn it off and stop thinking about it? Yeah, well, I think when people start to understand the biology and the physiology, they're not going to beat themselves up. Right. Because here's the thing. We have many thoughts that go through our mind every day, say 80,000 thoughts. But 80% of those thoughts are going to be negative. And why wow. is that? There's a portion of our biology called the default mode network, basically a primitive part of our nervous system that as we're growing up from, from the time that we're conceived all the way up until the age of 10 or so, it's rapidly downloading information. What's right? What's wrong? What's good? What's bad? And what's flawed about this thing is it forgets that we are loved and we're connected to everything else. And it's constantly looking. It's an autopilot survival mode of who we are. Right. And the thing is, if we live from that space, it's going to cause disease. Now, what, what we, you know, you ask the question of how do you coach people through that? If yeah. people start to understand that naturally there's just this old primitive portion of our nervous system that's always going to look out for what's wrong, what's dangerous, what's th that, we know that that's where the automatic negative thoughts come from. That's a part of us. You know, me, us pulling, you know, our hands from a hot stove because it's dangerous. It's it protects us in certain ways, but it also causes us a lot of stress. But if you can look at that and say, you know what, man, okay, I'm gonna have all these negative thoughts. They're gonna be terrible. They're gonna they're gonna make me seem like a crazy person, yeah. you know, if I ever share these thoughts. But those are actually the normal part of us. It's just stuff that downloaded, you know, when when we're when we're young. When we could start to see, oh my God, these are a part of just an old narrative and I don't have to believe everything that goes through my brain. What then do I want to believe? We can't control all the thoughts that come in, but we mm. can control where we put the flashlight, where we put our energy, where we put our attention and focus. Mm. And when we change the attention and focus, we start to feel differently. Mm. When we start to feel differently, there's a different hormonal profile in our system and our biology is different as well. So- you know, how do I coach people is let them understand that there's there's a part of their nervous system and programming that they might not be aware of, but that's normal. And that changing is going to be hard. And it's a part of the process. And when they can understand that, every time they face something that is resisting to them, like, oh, man, I really don't feel like going to the gym or, oh, I want to grab that piece of chocolate, whatever it is, they can go, okay, that part might be just programmed in. I, I, I could still choose above that. And mm -hmm. I understand that when I make that choice and do something different, it's going to be challenging. It will be difficult. I need to break the habit of being my old self. So if someone's willing to do that level of work, which it does sound like work, because it's, it's especially you're dealing with an adult patient who has hardwired yeah. their behavior, right? And how they respond to everything. And they believe what they believe about themselves and the world around them. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the desire to like lean on a pill and quick fix it. Cause they might believe it's a problem, you know, coaching somebody out of that. I can imagine the work you're doing, first of all, it's a blessing that people have access to that type of work. Right. Yeah. Um, but how do you deal with somebody who is like, well, no, I have a condition. It's not something I can change, you know, and that, that, cause that's the belief for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of things that allow like 
a big aha moment. Now, for some people, um, you know, for some of my private clients, I do ketamine journeys where you actually dissociate certain portions of your brain that are so used to thinking and feeling a certain way. You turn that off and I guide them through a different process. But what is free and available to everybody that I found is a very great tool initially is, um, you know, psychedelic or transformational breath work. Mm. And in that process, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're causing somebody to, to hyperventilate, which actually blows off CO2, increases the alkalinity of your blood, and it also constricts the blood flow to your brain. What that does is it actually seems to turn off portions that are related to the default mode network. The default right. mode network, again, is this autopilot thing that is just programmed from our childhood. But if you turn that off, some of that programming is off, and now you're now connected to, to new possibilities of who you really are. And when, when people can feel that for the first time and not feel this, this, this program that's, that's, that's causing them to suffer, they're like, oh, wow, maybe there is a way. And yeah. I think for, for many people, giving them quick wins early is going to be helpful. So I find breathwork. Um, we're, we're launching a course pretty soon on breathwork that I think people will find to be very activating for them. And then other things are if you can look into their current lifestyles and and see where you can make an easy win for them where they could feel it, that's when the shift happens. They're like, oh my God, you know, I can feel different if I did this thing. And certainly I, I know get having a genetic report and really understanding your genetics, particularly as it pertains to certain things that, that they're trying to receive an outcome from. Mm -hmm. understanding your DNA will probably help in terms of what type of lifestyle choices might work for that particular person. Yeah, I think what you said, like that aha moment, somebody that really thinks about what you're saying there has probably experienced something like that. And what you're ultimately doing is replacing the old belief with a new one. And as soon as that new belief is triggered, you're like, oh, I can feel like this, Right. Or I can believe this and, and then you can use that as a tool. Right. But it takes time to get there because these are beliefs. These are hardwired. Yeah. This is what I think is really happening in the world. And all of a sudden you work towards another perspective and that becomes real for you. And then you replace it. So it's ultimately replacing the bad with good. And then now having a new tool in your toolkit, which is profound in terms of what you're doing. And yeah, it's really waking, you know, waking people up and, and it's, it's a lifelong journey. I can't say that, you know, I am always awake. There are times where, you know, I've got these negative thoughts and I'm ruminating for hours and get stressed out until I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, this is old. I don't yeah. have to be thinking or feeling this way. And let me, let, let me use some tools to actually get myself out of that. And so yeah. I think it's a lifelong journey. I mean, there are people that spend a lot of time, you know, um, I don't want to be somebody that's going to be meditating all day um, yeah. to, to get to a certain place. I want to live life too. But if you could understand that, you could understand the human condition. You could one, also have compassion for other people who are in different stages of waking up as well. So you're now in your clinic, you still can deal with acute problems and help people with what they need. But your focus is like, let me get you to ultimate health. Let me add 10 years to your life, that longevity medicine. Yeah. So what are some of the practices that people are seeing that are, a lot of this stuff is highly restricted too. It's hard to do things like stem cells and peptides, et cetera. How do you go about curating the right thing? And how do you know what people actually need? Yeah, I've actually really just started shifting my practice. You know, I, 
I basically used to do basically all the science of longevity that's out there. You've got diagnostics, you know, full body MRIs that could catch cancers that are one centimeter long. You've got blood tests that can check for, you know, uh, cancer DNA in your blood. You've got, you know, stem cells and exosomes, which are regenerative products, which you said are limited in, in a lot of ways. And it's super exciting what's happening in the science of longevity. Right. However, in this space, I find people are missing a few things. And if we're, if we're not aware of that, we're basically approaching life performance happiness with a big hole in our boat, which is also addressing why the people in the blue zones, Sardinia, Okinawa, Japan, Costa Rica, don't have access to any of this science that we're talking yeah. about. How are they able to live this long? There's something that's happening there that's contributing to their health. And when I started to study that, I was like, okay, how you live your life is medicine. Are you able to understand that you're living through potentially an old program that's always in fear mode? Or can you understand that you are already loved, you are already connected, and that you are safe? Mm. And so now what I do is I will consult people in the science of longevity, but there's so many good partners and practices that are out there doing that. I have them do that, but I really work on the other aspect of that with my clients is the art of living. How we live our life is medicine. And can, can you, and can I help somebody understand that, that they are in a program that they're living that's causing them disease and potentially, you know, the results and the unhappiness they have in their life? Mm. Or can they really start to discover and remember who they are as someone that is already loved, already connected, and already safe? That is so cool, man. That your life is your medicine. It's And I heard somebody just say this today, actually. Um, they said that disease is not something that happens to you. It's something that happens through you, meaning the choices that you made got you there, right? You, yeah. had, you had to trigger this stuff. Yeah. If you want to keep diving deeper with your prescription for life with the Unpilled Podcast, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. I've also written my first book, The DNA Way, Unlock the Secrets of Your Genes to Reverse Disease, Slow Aging, and Achieve Optimal Wellness. Take a look and enjoy, guys. So the lifestyle you choose, but then I guess the starting point is, well, what are the right choices? What do I need to know? And that's, that's the work you've been doing. You've been studying that. Yes, absolutely. And here's the thing. It's like, we're all making choices. Those choices are going to be medicines or poisons. Yeah. It's just, if you live in the default mode network of the old programming, you're just not making those choices consciously. Mm. Yeah. When you can, when you get who you are and who you want to be, there's an opportunity to pause and create a little bit of space to say, okay, am I acting from this old programming or am I making choices based on who I know I am to be and in consistent alignment of who I want to be? Yeah, no, for sure. And then you, I guess now you're unraveling, are you dealing with people that are actually ill and saying, fix me? Or is it more like, hey, I'm doing good, but I want to be my best? You know, I, I I have a lot of people, you know, who, you know, come to me, the ones that actually could afford my rates are actually doing very well financially. Yeah. However, I find that just like me during my wake up period where I was, you know, on the outside looking very successful on the inside, I was basically running a program that gave me disease. And yeah. I'm finding very similar with people running very successful companies, 
uh, CEOs, celebrities, actors that have been also potentially programmed to achieve these things, but in the process has lost themselves and have created choices that don't make them feel good. So um, I would probably say that on the outside, a lot of people, you know, seem healthy. They are probably maybe not as energetic as they would like to be, probably a little bit more overweight. You know, nobody's coming, you know, at me, you know, um, like on, on death's doorstep, which some, sometimes I treat it as an interventional radiologist. A lot of these people are pretty much on top of their game. They want to get better, but they potentially have some chronic symptoms or, or nagging things that, uh, that are, they're plagued with. Yeah, and, and you were earlier when you were listing out the seven areas I need work. The first one you mentioned was sleep. Right? And we always we hear this from anybody you talk to today that what do I got to do? Okay, work on your sleep, right? But what we don't hear is what do you do about it? There's a lot of tracking. There's a lot of, you know, oh, you're not getting enough RAM. Well, what do I do? So what have you found that's actually driving the needle? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, so much of that is the, you know, chronic stressful lifestyle that we're currently living you know, back in our ancestor days, when there was a neighboring village that was about to attack us, or there was a saber-toothed tiger, we were able to turn on this stress response. But now we're actually all relatively pretty safe. So what do we do with all this, you know, pent up, you know, energy that we're using looking for danger is we, we, we make like, you know, spilled milk, or not getting a like or being cut on over on the freeway, that danger. And yeah. we're constantly thinking about it and it's causing people not to sleep. So it really requires one being able to, you know, regulate our nervous system throughout the day with either meditation or breath work practices, things like that, making sure you have a really great evening routine that puts you, you know, in a relaxed state, you know, not jumping on your phones or devices late at night and also priming your morning very well with, um, you know, with sunlight and with meditation, getting your body active. And certainly when there's ever, you know, bigger problems where it can't be solved with certain lifestyle changes, finding like genetics and the work that you're doing to really understand why people have, you know, potential sleep phenotypes are very important as well. Yeah, we've learned that that sleep isn't as simple as I can't sleep, right? The, the genetics behind it are there's variability from I can't fall asleep, circadian rhythm issues to, you know, serotonin issues and distractibility and inability to prioritize and responding to everything. And then that cortisol response happens and then you're screwed, then you're up, right? Mm -hmm. So over and over again, we see this difference, but yeah, so we learned it genetically, but you're on the ground, like doing it for real, fixing people and having to figure out how to actually get them sleeping because if they don't feel better, they, they think you failed, yeah. right? So you're actually, you're working on them. So, and now when it comes to the emotional work, it sounds like it's kind of one and the same where when I ask you about emotions, when I ask you about sleep, the answers kind of sounded similar. It's like, you got to get the systems sort of slowing down. You got to get yourself into this sort of parasympathetic. You got to relieve day from the moment you wake up the whole day to the point you go to sleep, keep calming things down. So it's this constant input of mitigating all of the other inputs right that are that are the load and it's the people it's the stress it's the work so they're kind of one and the same the solution it sounds like when we talked about energetics earlier on like i said energy is energy so i could all i could look at somebody and if i could tell they're you know they got the you know a pear shape they've got some extra weight down you know how their body posture is physically 
I can guess what's happening inside their body. They're probably insulin resistant, if not diabetic. They're probably got some low level inflammation going on in their body. I could also tell that probably mentally and emotionally, they're probably not as optimal as they can be. So they're mm -hmm. all tied together. And this is one of the, the awesome things also is that because everything's energetically connected, you can actually use one thing to kind of hack the other system. So energetically, mm -hmm. if you're feeling down, if all of a sudden you do a power pose, you know, your body, you know, uh, you know, you, you hold that for two minutes, your testosterone levels will go up for about, for about 20 to 30%. That's a confidence hormone. And then cortisol actually will dip down for about 23% when you hold that power yeah. pose. So how you move will actually change how you feel as well. So yeah. if you also, for example, do, um, you know, breath work, yeah. there is a breathing pattern for almost every single emotion that there is out there. You'll find that most people are breathing with their mouth, you know, just high up in their chest and sometimes not even breathing throughout the day because they're all chronically stressed. But if you can understand that and learn to remember to breathe. Yeah particularly holding on that exhale, the longer you have that exhale, you activate the parasympathetic nervous system and you could change your state very quickly. You know, we could talk about thoughts, for example, that's one of those energetic things. Yeah, yeah. If you're focused on the things that you don't have, the things that could hurt you, everything that can go wrong, it's going to change the way you feel. Mm. But if you could shift, so we can't control the thoughts that go through our mind. Like I said, a lot of it is just stuff that that's been dumped in there over time. Yeah. What we can do is control our focus, our attention, our perspective, and the story we tell about ourselves. Because when we change that, we change the way we feel. If we change the way we feel, guess what? We're also changing our biology. Yeah, and that's especially true when you're having to consider the other people around you. It's not just you, right? You're in a context of family, co-workers. So if you can't really harness the focus on what to give attention to, what to give weight to, then you'll be pulled in other directions by other people. Absolutely. And here's the other thing. This is why I actually wrote the second edition of my book is there's a chapter where I talk about how as human beings, we are connected. We've got yeah. Bluetooth and Wi-Fi receptors yeah. that that understand each other. Like, yeah. you know, if I was sitting here eating a banana because they actually did this on McCall monkeys is yeah. they, this, this study where they attach electrodes to a monkey's brain. And if they, if a monkey saw another monkey eating a banana, that motor cortex of that one just observing the action actually lit up. Oh. So that's how learning is. And we also have other energetic receptors we don't understand yet that allows you to feel my smile or if I'm really angry. And so our state is felt by other people. And so if you belong to a family, if you belong to an organization and whatnot, you know, just as much as fear can spread through, you know, a um an organization you know so can happiness so can, can connection so understanding your energy being able to control it and being responsible for it because yeah. that's what's permeating around you because at the end of the day humanity is one big living organism and we're all individual cells within this organism of humanity and if we don't control our state and if we're somebody that doesn't look out to serve other people we can potentially become a cancer cell in, in this whole, you know, organism of humanity as well. That is profound, man. But it's so real because the, the way we interact, not in our conscious context of, did I talk to that person or not, but truly how our bodies interact with each other. Yeah. That's because it's a, it's a giant, giant web of connections. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's where you see when thoughts are aligned, things change. Because there's a really cool experiment that happened uh, 
when uh, O.J. Simpson was getting his verdict dropped. Mm. And so there's this random number generator, which is used in things like lotteries or whatever, right? And so these scientists said that if this connection is real, then if that many people are thinking about the same thing at the same time, it should affect everything around it. And the random jet number generator at the time of the verdict started creating a very succinct sequence of numbers that made perfect sense mm. because of a billion people in their heads saying guilty or not guilty at the same time. Right. Mm. You know, uh, so that, that there's scientific. So I, I only say this because some people don't, don't understand the mechanism, like how is this possible? Doesn't make sense. Foo-foo science. What are you talking about? It, 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 that is the way we, we operate. Our cells are all interconnected. We're connected beyond ourselves, but out into the universe, right? 100%. And, uh, you know, we don't have the capability to measure every form of energy just yet. Yeah. But we're getting better. And the more we start to understand it, the more we start to say, oh, my God, we are truly, truly energetic beings that can truly feel. We forget that. You know, yeah. um, our ancestors used basically, you know, the energies of the waves and and and, and the light and the sound to be able to predict, you know, uh, natural disasters and things like that. We become disattuned to that, yeah. Yeah. but that stuff really exists. That's why, you know, in in certain areas, uh, when tsunamis come, you don't see some animals sticking around, but yeah. you know, you've got human beings running towards the waves. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so now have you seen some of these tools that people use? Like there's um, something called a biocharger and there's you know, different products that there's, I've even seen at some of these conferences, like um, quantum uh, field manipulating blocks, like put this in your home and it just does something. I don't know what. So what do you think about all that stuff? You know, I, I think there's possibility um, in these energetic uh, things. We're all energy. So it, yeah. it's probably doing something. I've got to say that, you know, for myself, who's dialed in my lifestyle, I haven't noticed big shifts on, you know, anything that I can actually measure when I am trying some of these devices that, you know, I haven't been able to do from, from, from a lifestyle perspective. Um, but, uh, you know, so what I can't say is I haven't seen any scientific long-term right. data, you know, in, in, in anything that is suggestive of anything, but how, however, if you've got any device producing some kind of energy, it's it has some kind of effect, whether it be a nil effect or something that's actually, you know, profound in the body is yet to be known. However, I do have, you know, people who have used these devices and say they feel remarkable. And mm. so uh, is that there or is that the placebo effect? Who knows? But hey, the placebo effect is actually a real thing too. It's, yeah. you know, it yeah, actually creates, yeah. uh, it actually creates a physio physiological change in your body. Yeah, the goal is get better by any means, right? right. So that's the means. Yeah, we, we've, we've researched this too, because there's actually very clear genetics in terms of who experiences a placebo effect and who doesn't. Mm. Research this because of clinical trials, because there's people that are included in trials that are being positively affected by drugs that didn't do anything to them, right? Because of this placebo gene. So really cool science there. So yeah, because I've seen... Um, specifically the biocharger tony robbins i think he says he has six houses and he has one in every house and he try he, he keeps one on his private jet and travels with it and he says he literally can't function without it it has all these various settings to get you to the energy state you need to be in you know and so um, i'm planning to investigate them a little more but i know with the work you do you may have had some experience there so and and then the same is true for 
I mean, everything we're talking about in terms of energy so far is in the context of the positive, but there's also like EMF and toxic energy that we have to think about right now, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, everything is energy. Yeah. You know, and yes, we were talking about the positive things. And when we talk about thrive state versus stress state, right. we're not talking about positive energy and no energy. We're talking about energy that leads you to, to thriving versus the energy that's leading you to, to surviving or stressing out. And yeah. so there are those things. And so just as there are lifestyle choices that you can make to put you in a thrive state, there are certainly lifestyle choices that you can make that produce negative effects in your body as well. Um, and we know that the emotions of stress, anxiety, fear, worry, anger, all those things are the normal, natural human experience. However, if that is your emotional home, I could say that cortisol is chronically elevated in your system and that there are probably low levels of inflammation that is, that is high and your immune system is probably going to be lower than most of other people and your cells are going to be suboptimally functionally. That's going to put you basically in a state of, you know, suboptimal health, chronic symptoms, and potentially chronic disease at some point. Hmm. So your book, Thrive State, it's really cool. You've updated it. There's a second edition now. Yeah. Right. So are you essentially walking people through all of what you would do with somebody clinically? Yeah. Very great. Good question. Well, the first edition is really, look we are energetic beings and you can actually create an energy within yourself that actually speaks to your DNA. These are the seven areas to focus on most. These are the things that are going to bring up the energy into the thrive state. These are things that are going to bring down your energy. So that was right. the first edition. The second edition, I, I, I wrote it because I found that the people, you know, my clientele that were in thrive state versus the you know patients I saw in the hospital that were ended up in the ICU during the pandemic, there was a difference. The people that, were, that basically were in the thrive state either got the virus and had no symptoms or got, got the virus and got very mild symptoms versus the people that were in the stress state that ended up on, on ventilators. Mm. There's, a, there's an increased resilience for those people. You know, I looked at organizations that basically had this energy too. You know, organizations survived um, and, and had more resilience if they, you know, exhibited the thrive site versus not. Mm -hmm. I also talk about in the second edition of the book, what we just talked about is we're all energetically connected to each other. And so if we're, if we've got families, if we've got businesses, if we've got organizations, how we change our state actually can spread through right. um, a population. And the last thing I could talk about, which I didn't talk about as much in the first book, is really understanding this default mode network, which is really the biology of our primitive nervous system that we have. Mm -hmm. And if you can start to understand that a little bit more, that it's crucial for you to be able to make changes, because if you could see kind of who you are as maybe something that's programmed, that's not really you. And if you could separate yourself from that, you could start choosing the you you really want to be. Hmm. I think that concept of like taking it from yourself to the community, people don't even think about, you know, it's in something like a, a business a organization, you see it, you see culture when you walk into a corporation and you see yeah. that people that are suffering with friction and people that are in a thrive state because they match the culture, yeah. right? regardless of how good or bad the culture is, you see this in every entity right and mm -hmm. it makes total sense because if you're not aligned to the energy around you it's going to be friction right so you either got to be join the party or run away right or you're going to be sick so 
So the, now the book, is it already out? When is it coming yeah, out? Yeah, second edition's out. It was out uh, April. I'm fortunate to make the number one bestseller list in preventative right. medicine. Um, so super proud of that. And, uh, you know, I, you know, I recommend it for, for any individual organization that, that wants to truly understand the, the science molecular biology of medicine and how we live our life. Yeah, it's cool. I've been through the first edition. I have to get the second one now. And it was awesome because it did teach me about some of the things we're talking about today and, you know, your unique perspective, because you're, you're continually like learning, improving, and the journey never ends, but it's foundationally rooted in a scientific method because you came from the allopathic healthcare world, right? So there's yeah. a certain, there's these guardrails that you have to stay between, right? And it, it it allows somebody to feel like sort of this is vetted and it's cool, you know. So uh, and I see that when I when I work with you when I talk with you, you know, uh, it's awesome. So yeah, so this is a amazing conversation, man. I I know that um, I personally can't afford working with you because now it's all like celebrities and I'm not an A class. I'm like Z level celebrity right now. So trying to get up there. But if anybody wants to work with you, how do they do that? Yeah, certainly. If they want to work with me, they'll, they can reach out, you know, on Instagram or my team, they can go to the website, kianvu.com. I'm on Instagram, mostly at Dr. V M D uh, that's doctor spelled out D O C T O R V M D. Um, and you know, the, the idea to create content like this is a lot of this stuff is actually free right? and you can really kind of, acclimate and, and learn these concepts for free. Um, and, you know, my ability to be able to affect change um, and, and impact is actually, you know, exponentially increased um, by these platforms. Yeah, that's makes so much sense, man. Like, it's just the ability to like, why are we here today? We're just here to help people, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's really awesome, because this wasn't possible a few years ago, the, the, the platforms didn't exist. You know, somebody would have to knock on your door with a check. So, and now, and now it's out there, which is cool. And that's also why you wrote the book. It's to take all of what you learned that changed your life and to share it with others. And it's the easiest way to do it because it's no longer working with you clinically, but for the cost of a book, you can understand all of what you've discovered, which is really cool. So, so thank you, man. This was a great conversation. I'm, I know everyone's going to benefit from it like I did. Um, and everyone, I've, again, I've been through the first book. Amazing. It's, it's cool that there's a second edition now. So grab it when you can. Thank you again, man. Great conversation. Hey, look forward to seeing you at many other events. I know we've got a, another couple ones together coming up pretty soon. Yeah, I'm going to see you in a month. So I got to hit the gym so I you know, can, <laughs> can match you as we walk down the runway. Oh, yeah. Well, all eyes are going to come on you. You're going to be my eye candy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. I'll see you there. All right. See you.